by no one's demand but our own and from our home office here in beautiful Elizabeth Park, Nashville, Tennessee. It is the 615 Sessions. It is brought to you by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com. Buck Rising hanging out here with you. Very excited to be joined by my dear friend, my uh, one of the bald brothers here in Nashville media, Robert Stanley. Robbie Stanley, you know him of NHL.com. He is kind enough to join me because there is hockey, Robert, on the horizon, and I'm very happy that that is the case because it gives me an excuse to have you in. You know, you're just as beautiful now as you were <laughs> the last time I saw you, and it's such an honor for me to be here. Oh. There is hockey around the corner, but as of this very second, that's not as important as seeing your beautiful face, so I'm it, glad I was able to do that. It really is refreshing, and shout out to Tame the Beast, no free ads, but for keeping me uh, refreshed <laughs> and keeping my hair upright. I, I, I'm, I'm very excited that this is that this is finally coming around on Thursday. Honestly, I am. And it's because I need something different in my life than your damn football team. Both of them. They're yes. wearing me out. You sit here before me in a Tennessee Volunteers hat. And it's a brave I, thing to do, by the way. <laughs> really is nowadays. I don't I don't know how you do it, Robbie. I really don't cuz Indiana is a suffering in my life, but this this is something. Like, they're going to be one and six. Are you going to be okay? Oh, yeah, buddy. I'll be fine. <laughs> Look, it's really no different than it has been for the last 10 years. It's just an absolute crap show, gong show, Yes. whatever you want to use. It's just been so bad. And, you know, it was funny. Last week they played Florida, and usually I'm all into that game and I'm upset when things are going wrong. I watched Florida's first drive. Oh. Didn't even make me mad. Like, you know, I think I'm just emotionally numbed to everything. At this point, after the Georgia State game, uh, that was it, man. Like, even the BYU game, when they threw that last pass, BYU on the last drive, when it was in the air, I was in a sports bar at a local establishment. My brother and I literally got up and walked out before the ball was completed. We knew I, was happen. I was watching that game in Cleveland before the Titans opener, sitting in my hotel room and thinking, they are in, they have been in total control of this game for the majority of it uh, against BYU. And of course, this is the way that they are going to lose. At our Stanley NHL is where you can follow my poor, uh, suffer, long-suffering volunteer, <laughs> Robbie Stanley, for all your Vols and Titans takes. And of course, excellent information on the local professional hockey team. Uh, which brings us to the start of the season. Thursday night... 7 p.m. They will 7 p.m. Central. They will be on the road. They will be facing Minnesota. I am looking at this season, and I'm 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 kind of I, I run everything through the prism of the team that I cover on a daily basis, the Titans, and I look at how they've started through the first month of their season, and it reminds me a little bit of the Preds in a way, obviously not as successful. But there seemed to be a flatness to them in the two divisional games that they played against the Colts and the Jags. And then they came out and did what they did to Atlanta, and now everything is right in the world. But the Preds, it seemed after the Stanley Cup run that we all remember so well. I was drunk and naked in the streets for the vast majority of it. It was delightful. It was a very, very good introduction to, to hockey here in Music City. Uh, but after that, they seemed kind of entrenched 
in their position that we can make this work with the group that they had uh, with the group that they had at the time and then things kind of tabled off where you struggle during the next regular season you make the playoffs but things don't quite click and then you have the disappointing end to last year against the Dallas Stars where it felt after the game 5 loss people were pretty well pretty well out of it and game 6 when they went down it was already well you know the NFL drafts next month right. and life will go on what do you expect to see out of this year's team after having seen the last three? Well, I think there's going to be some renewed energy, which I think, like you touched on there, is incredibly important. Uh, I think with P.K. Subban out, regardless of how you feel about P.K. Subban and the job he did here, which, by the way, I think was really good. I mean, it's no it's no coincidence to me that the three best years in the history of this franchise were the three years that he was here. So I think he did a great job. But last year at times, and Buck, you know this just from being around, there were times where it was Ryan Johansson, Philip Forsberg, and Victor Off- Victor Arvidsson offensively. That was it, man. That's it. I mean, you weren't getting much past that. And now bringing in Matt Duchesne, it's just different. It's not – I don't know if it's better, but it's different. And I think offensively, they're going to be more dangerous. Just from, from the preseason and the way practice has gone so far this week, I think they're splitting up that top line. I don't think it's going to be Johansson, Forsberg, and Arvidsson – Forsberg's been playing a lot with Duchesne. It's been uh, Forsberg, Duchesne, Granlin, Arvidsson, uh, Smith, and Johansson. So a little bit of a different look. I think they're deeper offensively this year because of that. I think in the past, you know, it was no secret to the other team, we got to stop the Johansson line. And if you do that, you feel pretty good about your chances of winning. Well, now you got to pick your poison a little bit in terms of, okay, if Duchesne's playing with Forsberg and Arvidsson's playing with Johansson, well, that's two lines right there, right there that are pretty potent offensively. So, I say all that to say, I'm not sure 100% that this group is better, but it's a different way of attacking things. And I think the way they were doing things after getting to the Cup final and then winning the President's Trophy the next year, it just got a little stale. I think teams called on to what they were doing. The power play was so predictable. Uh, the way they were attacking the game five on five became really predictable. And they needed a new look and a new way of doing things. I think they've done that. I think they've started to kind of uncover that a little bit in training camp. And now we'll see if that translates to the all-night success. Because the problem they have, their division is loaded. Yes. And it is probably the most loaded that it's ever been in my time covering this team. So they could be a better team this year. And we may not know it just because their division is that good. So – it's a little bit more of a mystery heading into this year as to what this team is, and I think that part's exciting. Yeah, well, and that, you know, sometimes it's just different for the sake of being different. Yeah. Uh, and, and sometimes that's the energy or just the refreshment that you need to help, you know, get you out of the rut that you're in. Tell me about Matt Duchesne, though, because I haven't, I haven't seen a ton from him. I know he's uh, a bigger personality. Nobody is the the enterprise unto himself that is P.K. Subban. Right. I'm, I'm going to miss that around here. And it, it kind of it doesn't diminish my interest in the Preds, but it's hard, it's hard for me to – I mean, you just gravitate towards yeah. a guy like that, whether it's good or it's bad. And, and so I'll miss that uh, with regards to P.K. Subban. But tell me about Matt Duchesne. How has he kind of acclimated himself through the preseason, through camp, things of this nature? How does he fit with this team? Well, he's fit in very well thus far. He's looked great in the preseason. And I I think what he does more than anything is he just gives the Predators options. I mean, 
the on the power play especially him playing in front of the net and being as effective as he is there the predators haven't had a guy like that since probably patrick hornquist was here in 2014 so it's been a while since they've been able to find that guy victor arvidson has been the guy they've kind of put in front of the net on the power play and all due respect to Victor Arvidsson, he's a great player. But Victor Arvidsson is five foot eight. He's oh, not really taking the eyes away. Don't you slight that man. He's you know, really. he has a hive unlike any I have seen. Yes. And maybe that's just because Jared Stillman uh, said something nasty about him when they resigned him to a contract. He did. People like to dunk on our dear friend Jared Stillman. Which we love. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I live for it. Uh, bless Big Joe Dubin on Twitter for his good work. Oh, God. <laughs> it's amazing. But yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're fine. You're you're welcome to interrupt me anytime, especially when it involves getting after our boy Jared. We By the way, it. it is a shame that this is just an audio medium because I, I got distracted halfway through Robert Stanley's exceptional analysis. Your beard looks fantastic. You know, it has to because it's spectacular. I have no hair. So <laughs> when you're under the age of 30 and you don't have any hair on your head. Oh, buddy, but bald is beautiful. You bald got is this. beautiful, but bald is only beautiful when you have facial hair to go along with it. That's what my fiancé has told me. So basically, I'm not allowed to shave. At least your significant other is honest with you. I try to not shave just because my face is fat now and I need to still look like I have a jawline. <laughs> well, when you have press box food like they gave you in Atlanta, oh. <laughs> I mean, th- that can happen. Oh, my God. I need I, Just the idea of a Carvel machine. Robbie. Oh, man. We'll get back to the hockey. Yeah, we'll get that. Now yeah. we're here. I have never been so... It was like an oasis in the middle of a bad food <laughs> desert. Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Atlanta. Atlanta's honestly... I love Atlanta. Atlanta. I vibe with Atlanta. I, I had a great time down there. We were all over the place. I was down there for a couple days uh, before the game itself to kind of take in the sights. Um, but the Carvel self-serve ice cream machine that Arthur Blank has blessed us with... In the Mercedes-Benz Stadium <laughs> press box. I think I ate my body weight in swirls and, and Oreo cookie chips and all of those things. I think I might be diabetic at this point. Well, you know what? It's probably worth it, though. Oh, my God, it was. Like, I felt like like Darren McFarland is renowned for his milkshake yes. consumption. It's foul what that man does to his body on a regular <laughs> basis. But in that moment... Robbie, I literally had to be stopped from sticking my face under the ice cream machine and just cranking Saying, the Come lever. to Papa. Come to Papa. Here we go. That's all I wanted in my life. It was delightful. And it got us through what was uh, a pretty uneventful game outside of the A.J. Brown stuff. But it was good because they won. Back to the Predators. <laughs> Hashtag transition. I love podcasting. Peter Laviolette. We talked a little bit about stale. There were that every time that the team gets into one of these funks that they do, and it's a long season, the 82 games, and it is so hard. I can't even begin to imagine. No wonder he looks like such a miserable son of a bitch. <laughs> Anytime you see Peter Laviolette, your, or my words, not yours, uh, I look at him and I look at the way that last season ended and the rumblings that were starting to begin around Peter Laviolette by gas bags like me and and people with platforms about how things ended in his previous stops, how he starts to, how he has in, in previous stops graded on the teams and the franchises that he's been with. Where does Peter Laviolette sit heading into 2019 with a, a different team um, but still facing the same kind of difficulties. Well, I think it's a big year for him. I, I'm not going to sit here and say that he's totally on the hot seat 
because I'm not sure that's the well, case. Damn, now what am I supposed to do? Well, I know. <laughs> I'm not being cooperative. It's kind of against my MO to be cooperative. So that's what I do here. Yeah, but that's embrace debate. I'm here Exactly. Well, I just think, you know, when you take a look and you st- take a step back, which I think, you know, in today's modern landscape, sometimes that's hard to do. But when you take a step back, in the last three years, they've gone to a Stanley Cup final, they've won the President's Trophy, and they won the Central Division two years in a row. Has that translated to success in the playoffs? No. The first year, I mean, outside of the Stanley Cup year, that first year after that, they got beat by Winnipeg in seven games. And Winnipeg had the second best record in the league. So it just kind of is what it is at that point. Last year against Dallas, you should have won that series, and you did. Yes. It was an absolute disappointment. There's no way to get around that. If that happens again this year, and you're in a, in a matchup in the first round that you should win, and not even that you lose the, the series, but if you look the way the Predators looked in that series and you lose it, that's when I think you might be in trouble. God, now you sound like you're talking about the professional football team I know. in town. It's why. Why do they do this? I know. Why do they do this to us? I don't understand. But yeah, I just... I don't. I, I tried to wrap my head around that Dallas series, yeah. and I think we all did to a degree because we. It, it's it's difficult to process. So what, why? And hockey's a different kind of sport, obviously. The seven game series, and the unpredictable nature of just the way pucks bounce mm-hmm. at certain times, it totally shifts the dynamic of it. And it's how you see a team like Tampa Bay last year, you know, exit in the first round after having the season that they did. But the Dallas series. It just it it spoke to kind of what had eroded them over the course of the past couple of years, and I I look at this and I and I know it's different personnel, not a totally different team, but there are different pieces in different places. How how do you is there enough there to ensure that they don't have another repeat performance like that, or is it just chalking it up to well the playoffs are the playoffs? Sometimes these things happen, and the Stanley Cup is probably the most unpredictable of them. But that that felt predictable from what they did against Dallas, how they lost that game, because or how they lost that series because of what we had seen from them over the course of the year. To me, the talent is there. To me, it's all about attitude with this group. Last year, and I think there were a couple moments in that Dallas series that really summed it up, they were just too soft and too passive at times. I remember, I think it was game five, and Ryan Ellis was going towards the – and everybody's talked about this kind of all summer long. Ryan Ellis is going toward a puck in the corner and just kind of casually skating over there. And Jamie Benn from the Stars just comes aside, comes along and just throws him aside yes. like he's not even there. And that play, I think, kind of summed up exactly what was going on through the minds of Preds fans. Is This is what's wrong with this group. They're just kind of out there and they're going through the motions – and I think the power play last year sucked the life out of them so bad that confidence just wasn't there. And I think, you know, they brought in Dan Lambert in the offseason, who's an assistant coach, and they're totally revamping the power play. It's a totally different system. The way they're doing it, when you look at it, and I won't get into all the X's and O's of it, but it makes sense. It's a modern NHL power play. You're not just teeing off from the point with your defenseman and shooting right. it from as far away as you possibly can. There's movement. They're taking it to the front of that, all that stuff, which I think is good. But to me, you know, everybody's been telling this group since they made the Stanley Cup final how great they are and how awesome their group is and all this other stuff. You're not going to hear a lot of that, a lot about that this year. I, I think it's going to be more of, all right, you know, 
A lot of people picked you to win in 2018. A lot of people picked you to win in 2019. Give people you gotta, a reason. You got to gotta show us. You, you got to show us now. Like, and that's what it is for me. I came out with my predictions the other day, and I've got Dallas winning the division. Uh, I've got Tampa Bay winning the cup against Dallas in the final. And, and a couple of Preds fans asked me why I didn't pick the Preds. I'm done with that. You got to show me now. I, I picked the Preds last year. Didn't didn't happen, obviously. So I think you're going to see a little bit more of a chip on their shoulder this year, which is going to be important because that division is incredibly tough. Yeah. Uh, but that's what it boils down to to me. I think they're talented enough to win. I just think even with Duchesne coming in, this group has what it takes to win the Stanley Cup. You're going to see some people pick them to win the Stanley Cup. already have. But it comes down to what kind of – attitude and aggressiveness does this team play with because I just didn't see a whole lot of that last year it's my favorite way to do the analysis until you until I see you actually do it you are not capable of doing it in my opinion but it's fair and I think that 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 is the the opinion of a lot of people how many times a day though uh because I'm always I always enjoy these uh these things on Twitter because I exist uh, pretty much entirely on Twitter. Yes. I, I, that's, I'm not a real person. It's just what's on the internet. Um, how many times a day do you get uh, chastised for not being a Preds fan? Oh, it happens. I wouldn't say on a daily basis, but I, in the season, it probably happens. Why the hell didn't you pick their team to win the week. Stanley Cup, Robbie? There's a what's whole wrong lot, with you? There's a whole lot, and this is a big problem nowadays as of you're not a Preds fan or you're not a Titans fan. You don't want my team to win. No, I don't care. I don't want them to lose either. I just it doesn't I don't care. Why do people why do people not understand that? Like I don't want and I don't want I don't want the Vols to suck. Right. I don't because I know I see how the Vols audience digitally moves numbers and for the business of both of us these things are good. The success of the local teams. Now, not too much success. A little controversy every yeah, once in a while. It's a bad thing. But what they... I, I, don't, I don't understand it. And I always see uh, these people, uh, and I do mean you people listening at home if you are one of these people, I do see you combat them more often than most. And I, th- I thank God that I'm not the only one who's sitting there fighting with these people in my mentions because I feel like it's just... I, I don't know why it's that difficult to understand. Like, why do you want me to sugarcoat everything, everything for you? Don't you want to know what's wrong sometimes? Uh, the biggest ones that get me, and you know this, Buck, I've been this way for probably three years now. That's why I love you. It's the Mario to people. <laughs> Look, and I've tried to explain this several times. I love Marcus Mariota as a human being. I do. I love him. He's great. And because he's a great human being, I want to see him do well. That does not mean that when I watch him play against the Indianapolis Colts and suck like he did, or I watch him play against the Jacksonville Jaguars, albeit under pressure the entire game, but not play well, I'm not, not going to just sit there good. and act like it didn't happen. Wasn't good. So, and, and, you know, of course he'll have games like he did against Atlanta, and he looks great, and he looks all – and, you know, the Mariota people come after me. <laughs> oh, my God, you don't have anything to say now. The Mariota and people. <laughs> my response is always, you know – no one has ever said that he's not capable of playing great. Yes. There's always he's always shown that. Every, you know, four or five times a year, he's going to go out there and he's going to look like Aaron Rodgers. The problem is four or five times a year he's also going to go out there and look like I don't know, Matt Barkley, who they're playing this week. <sighs> and that's the problem. It's the inconsistency. You don't have to look like Aaron Rodgers every week, but find a little bit more often towards looking towards that 
then you are the bottom of the NFL. And that's my problem with him. But the the, the Mariota the, the Mariota people on Twitter, they don't like me. I don't much. know why and <laughs> the Mariota people will talk about your football teams here in a second. Yes. Uh I don't I don't know why I disillusion myself this way every year. Um, when it comes to, you know, I look at the schedule and I get very excited because Drew Brees yeah. is coming to Nashville and the Chiefs, uh, please stay healthy, Pat Mahomes, are coming to Nashville. And I'm kind of intrigued by Josh Allen, but now we're in week five and Mitch Mack Barkley. Yeah, it is. And this, <laughs> I don't know why I do this to myself every year. And inevitably there will be a Ryan Tannehill game because of some kind of injury, uh, although we are not wishing for that. Um, and that will that will bring me back down to earth about the level of competent <laughs> quarterback play in the NFL. Correct. Uh, but just unbelievable, the Mariota people. Yeah. I, I, what what are you? How are you handling this year? Because you from the jump were skeptical, louder than most of Mike Vrabel, and now I am starting to see a little bit of the skepticism. Now you may have jumped the gun a bit prematurely, maybe so, my friend, but. I I have questions. I have questions about the head coach of the Tennessee Titans. I do think he's a good coach, but I have seen questionable decision-making, and that is making me question him even further. Uh, what have you made over the course of this season and of Mike Vrabel's fourth and one call? <laughs> There's been a little bit too much of the acting like a player instead of acting like a coach. Do you think it's that me. simple, though? You know, I don't know if it's that simple or not, and maybe that is a way of oversimplifying it. But, you know, a lot of times when you ask him why he did that, it's either the, you know, I'm playing with house money comment or, you know, we got to be aggressive, playing right. aggressive and, and doing all that stuff. And you're just like, man, you know, playing with house money with this team at one and two at the time, well, that's hilarious because you don't have any house money. Just go up three scores and win the damn game. Imagine a world where the Titans have house money. Yeah, exactly. So, you know... The bottom line is this. Whatever your thoughts were on Mike Malarkey, and I'm not saying it was the wrong move to fire him because it very well probably was the right move. But the bottom line is the dude won a playoff game for the first time in like 15 years. And once once that happened, we were sold that we're getting rid of this coaching staff to bring in another coaching staff that's going to make the offense look better, that's going to make us more competitive on a year-in, year-out basis, and ultimately have more success. Mm. And at the end of this year, the offense doesn't look better than it than it has, and you don't make the playoffs again for a second year in a row. All of a sudden, you got to ask some legitimate questions of, okay, so why did you make this move again? Yeah, I he's emotional. Yeah, it seems to me, uh, and that's understandable in in the game, especially when I have seen Mike Vrabel's practice habits, and if he is that emotional, yeah. <laughs> in those moments, I can only imagine what he's like on the sideline of an NFL game that matters. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know. And it was eerie though, Robbie, to see Mike Malarkey. Cause I walked by him on the field and I'm, di- I did like a double take. I'm like, Oh yeah. It's well, you, oh, <laughs> <laughs> hi bud. And a very, very lo- lovely man. Great uh, guy. uh, genuine, genuinely good human being. And it probably was the right decision to let him go. Sure. It just, you know, at what point do you start to look at the general manager and say, well, how many more holes are we going to patch with Roger Saffold for $11 million a year that don't necessarily be as e- uh, necessarily appear to be as easy a fix as dropping Roger Saffold into the line for $11 million a year or the slot receiver, the $9 million slot receiver that you're not targeting 
or uh, Malcolm Butler or Logan Ryan because the drafts uh, of the drafting of Adore Jackson hasn't been by any means enough uh, for you to not overpay somebody in the secondary. Right. And if the coach wasn't hired or if the coach who was hired to fix the offense doesn't have the background to fix the offense and is just really good in an, in an interview, which I'm sure Mike was. Mike is very charismatic. Oh, yeah. Mike is very easy to talk to and I'm sure uh, gets along with John Great, but I don't know. Yeah, and look, so far the biggest problem and the biggest thing that stands out to me so far this year is, you know, we've heard all that good to great stuff and ne- never ad again. nauseum and I never, never want, again. I never want to hear about around it again. their neck for the rest of time. I know, and I never want to hear it again. It's it's almost like the brick by brick stuff with Butch Jones. <laughs> um, but we've heard about all that. And so far this year, they look like they're exactly what they have been for the last three years. And that is, you know, Cleveland, Atlanta, there are going to be times this year where they look great mm. and they look like their game plan is flawless and they look like they're among the top teams in the AFC. And then they're going to turn around against Indy or against Jacksonville or maybe even against Buffalo coming up this week, and they're going to look awful. And that's how you end up 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7. and seven. And so far this year, that's been exactly what they are, and that's been exactly what they have been the last three or four years. So at some point, you got to break out of that cycle. And I just haven't seen any signs yet that they're going to do that. Now, Taylor LeJuan comes back. Maybe that offensive line is just a juggernaut. Thank now, God. Buck. I'm so bored. I know. <laughs> I was about to say that locker room just went significantly up in your book. Thank God. <laughs> and I would I would never tell this to uh, his face because he would take too much personal pleasure in it. Uh, he uh, he referred to the company that I work for oh, I now heard. as Bucking the Nerds. Bucking the Nerds. <laughs> you need to make a T-shirt out of that. <laughs> yeah, listen, it, if I can if I can sell, we, I will I will uh, enter into negotiations with a <laughs> with a company at a later date. Bucking the Nerds. We'll see how contract negotiations go with A to Z. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I, he's not enough to fix them is my only thing. And the podcasting thing, I don't care. I don't care about that. Let him pod. It's fine. But if he's not the best left tackle to ever play left tackle, and you have now opened the door for the people who are going to be critical of the podcasting, uh, even when that probably in all likelihood has absolutely nothing to do with with why your level of play may be less than a three-time Pro Bowl or whatever the case may be. I don't know. I don't know what he's going to look like against Buffalo. That's a really good defense. That's a tough thing to come back against. Um, but we'll see how it plays out. 24-and-a-half-point dog, your Tennessee Volunteers, against Georgia. I might go in, in favor of Georgia on that one. Really? I might. Oh. It's, it's not good, man. Georgia is going to smoke them, which is why not a big shot. Why does Jim Chaney suck now? Because his quarterback sucks. Is it? His is quarterback that just is, it? I, it's a lot of it. Jared Garantano, and look, God bless him. The fact that he survived Garantano. last year. Yeah, you're right about that. <laughs> he did change that up on us. Jared Garantano, excuse me. You're, I, the fact that he survived last year in terms of the beating that he took, uh, it really is a modern-day miracle. It may be God working right before our very eyes that he survived last year with all, that offensive line. I think that's had an effect on him. Because there's a lot of happy feet going on this year and sometimes sensing pressure that's not there. And there's also a whole lot of, hey, I've got one read, man. Wait, which quarterback are we talking about? I, I know, right? It's, it's kind of similar, Why isn't it? do my Saturdays and Sundays have to look like this? <laughs> Why? God. 
eventually they're going to break out of this cycle, both of them. I don't believe it. You know, I was I was talking about that with my friend the other day. He's like, when's the last time the Titans and the Vols were good at the same time? <laughs> a time has not existed. Yeah, it's been a long, long time, my friend. I but I, I just think when when you take a look at Tennessee's offense this year, you know, if, if it's not there in that first read, he's either checking it down or he's throwing that thing away. And you're just not giving your, your receivers, who actually, by the way, are actually pretty good, mm-hmm. not giving those receivers enough time to go out there and make a play. Where so, the hell is Callaway? I know. And it's like every time they throw him the ball, he catches it. <laughs> you throw it to him and just let him go jump for it. Hell, at live. some point with your offense being as bad as it is, maybe that's the play. Just I Screw it. Just throw it up there. Just see what happens. Throw the damn ball yeah. to him. Just see what happens. So they got a lot of problems, man. A lot of problems. Uh, we'll see. I don't I, – I, I, I just – I, I feel bad for you and your ilk of Tennessee fans. <laughs> I do. Uh, and I never thought I would see the point where I feel bad uh, for for Vols fans. But it's just I'm, I'm made sad that your football season is over. Um, I mean, essentially after the first game of the year. You know what's going to happen now, though. The rest of the year, it's going to be, when's Fulmer coming in? Yeah. When's Fulmer you coming to take the over? damn – the report that he's open to I returning – to coaching. I saw it. Fat. <laughs> I literally, I saw that come across the A to Z sports feed from our uh, our exceptional balls writer, Zach Reagan. And I sat there and said, it was only a matter of time. How, again, how did I disillusion myself to think that this was anything but the outcome? Because, of course, Phil Fulmer is open to returning to coaching. That's what that's going to be the talk the rest of the year, my man. He is so just such get a ready snake, for that. man. I, I, listen, I know he's a Tennessee guy, and he's the last coach that you had any legitimate modicum of success under, and he will always go down as one of the best volunteers and the biggest names in the history of the program. But also, he appears to be a snake. Yes, and it's <laughs> awesome. I'm here for it. Oh, it's Game of Thrones in Knoxville. It's Just delightful. coming in there and snatching everything up. Coaching jobs, AD jobs, you name it. I okay. love it. Okay, so Preds, playoff team or not? Oh, yeah, they're a playoff team. Okay, well, then that's all I really care about. Yeah, they're a playoff team. Uh, and I've got them coming in third in the division, which – sounds like i'm on the fence i'm not i think that division is loaded i think it's going to be really tough i think they're absolutely a playoff team but you know they've kind of reached the point in your franchise and this is a good point to be where the regular season just doesn't matter anymore like it's it just kind of is what it is at this point and it's all about what you do in the postseason and that's where you want to be as a franchise that means you're having some pretty good success in the regular season uh so i absolutely think they're a playoff team i think they're going to be very good once again then the question is how good and how well are you playing going in the playoffs? Because last couple of years, it's kind of been of a, str- a struggle in the playoffs. They've never been able to hit on all strides this year. That's really important that you keep number one, you keep your goaltending healthy and then you're playing well heading in the playoffs. Cause if they do that, you know, they showed if you get hot, you got a shot, man. Yeah. I mean, the, hockey's hockey's weird like that. You, you Hockey get hot is weird and like you, that. you just get like NBA, most years, and maybe not this year, it's a little bit more balanced, but most years you got to know what's going to happen. Like Golden State's getting to the finals. Like you knew that the last three, four years. Hockey, you just don't know, man. And sometimes I think that's good. And the other time it's like, golly, I put in all this effort in the regular season and now 
doesn't really matter. <laughs> like, uh, it's yeah, just, it's good. It's, it's good if you're a casual observer. It yeah. sucks if you're trying to figure this out as an analyst, <laughs> right. such as yourself. Robbie Stanley of NHL.com. You can follow him on Twitter at rstanley. NHL. You can also listen to him on 6:50 a.m. WSNSM Radio. He's a contributor there. He is also the founder of the Unshakable Foundation, That's which correct. you can check out at theunshakablefoundation.com. My beautiful bald bearded brother. It has been a pleasure. I love you. <laughs> I really do. Okay, that is going to do it for us on this Tuesday. Shouts to Robbie Stanley for stopping by. Always enjoy the conversation. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is that you get your podcast. Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. As long as we are in your podcast feeds, I cannot ask anything more of you other than to rate, review, review, and subscribe. Five stars on those ratings. Four stars simply makes you a hater. We will be back on Thursday with a Titans conversation. I am planning on being joined by one of the players. He may or may not have had a big game in Atlanta on Sunday. That leaves the door wide enough open to if he cancels, I have time to get another player. But regardless, we will have fun and talk about the Titans and the Bills on Thursday's podcast. That being said, I'm Buck Rising, reminding you to stay hot, Nashville. We will talk to you Thursday, right here on the 615 Sessions, brought to you by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com.